It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show we love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was the year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Heidi. I'm Beth. <laughs> I'm Doug. Oh, uh, so I can... Hey, we've got two <laughs> yeah, guests today. today. Um, Doug, and sorry I didn't miss the other day. Oh, sorry, Holly. Hi, Holly. Hi. Hey. Oh, it's great to get a two-for-one package. <laughs> Save money that way. <laughs> um, so, Doug, what made you decide to pick this episode? <laughs> I know it's a fan favorite episode. I mean, it's just really ripe for discussion. Um, it's a really dark episode, probably one of the darkest episodes of the series. Um, I don't know it's just a, it's just a very interesting, intriguing episode. It's definitely a unique episode, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of run more like a a play. Hmm. Yeah. Well, today we are here to discuss episode 18 of season four, Intersections in Real Time. But first, the voice of the resistance. Welcome to this ISN Underground special message. Captain John Sheridan has been taken prisoner by forces loyal to Clark. We urge no one to panic. The fight will go on. Even now, Commander Ivanova is engaging enemy ships. And if anyone can get this message to Captain Sheridan, we urge him to hold on. Don't let them break you. And we are coming for you. Join us for the podcast. A podcast by and for the bisexual community. We discuss and give voice to all of us under the big umbrella, bringing you information, news, entertainment, and support for all. You can find us at thebycast.org, at thebycast on Twitter, thebycast on Tumblr, and bycast in iTunes. Visit the bycast page on Facebook and see how you can join the Facebook group. And remember, you're not wrong, and you're not broken, and you are not alone. So pull up your favorite comfy chair and relax. And remember, everybody gets a cookie. (laughs) Intersections in real time. Well, the name is because each act takes place in real time. Um, With spaces in between. So intersections in real time. So Mm -hmm. it originally aired June 16, 1997. And this was the last episode for four months. Oh, wow. Uh, they always send them on such hard episodes halfway through the season. Yeah, there were only four left, so I think they did those four and kind of went very quickly into season, uh, just a couple months later into season five. Uh, it's, it was, wait, so 
is Holly, are you watching this for the first time? Yeah, this is my first time seeing it all the way through. We just finished the whole run, actually. Okay, so you just finished watching the entire five seasons. Yep. So you're a bit ahead of Beth and Heidi. Tell us what happens. (laughs) No no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. (laughs) Uh, This episode was directed by John Lafia, who directed The Exercise of Vital Powers. It was written by JMS. So, yeah, it's an interesting episode, but, but it's kind of weird trying to recap um, what's happening. Yeah, it's because, a lot of talking. Well, more than that, because it's more an episode of ideas and experiencing this torture. And it's just, I love the episode, but it's hard to watch. It's, I know. It's, so I watched it yesterday when she was having so much trouble getting through it. And I'm like, I'm going to have to watch this one more time tomorrow to write a recap. Like, uh, uh, it, it was easier when I was writing my notes because I had the distraction of actually formulating my ideas of what's going on rather than getting drawn into this torture. And it, it, it's, that's what it is. Although there's very limited physical torture it's a lot of mental torture and it's done yes. brilliantly it's very similar to well i say um sometimes i say that everything in life reminds me of either a pearl jam song or an episode of star trek the next generation <laughs> well this is very similar to an episode of star trek this generation where captain picard is captured and tortured and they're trying to break him and that's where if you hear geeks say the phrase there are four lights that's where that phrase comes from hmm. i think use it in some of my you see i've life. never seen that episode i've seen i've seen um you know next generation sporadically it was never a big thing for me but this is i think you know a lot of people who've seen that get the same impression i suppose from the sound yeah, of that, it that had a lot more physical torture i think and it, it was using like Paying, giving devices, and use it a bit more than we saw Sheridan receive pain in this episode. Well, the impression I got was, you know, they they only needed to do that initially, and then from then on, it was a mixture of drugs and, you know, manipulation of reality. <laughs> the really you simple notice. things, but it's just that can be as, as effective as the, you know, physical um, torture. And you notice after that first time Sheridan tried to get close to him, uh, they got really close a few times and there was no pain given like, mm. what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's the, it's the use of words very carefully to make it, you know, to give over one, one impression where the whole set of different things are happening. It's That's part of the uh, torture. It's part of the mental conditioning almost really this episode was tortured okay. <laughs> i like the episode i just don't need to watch it that many times oh, well, no. it would just be like you were seeing the torture continue right you're going through the same right. thing that sheridan's going through oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah he, i mean uh, the, the, the thing is with Babylon five you want to go through almost every single episode when you watch the series over again. But this one, it's one of the ones where it's brilliant, but I always find it difficult to watch on my watch through and try and 
find a way to postpone it or to watch it, have it on, but not really watch it, but half watch it so that, uh, you know, ways around it, but I know I've got to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. I watched that movie Room this week, and it's a really, really good movie, but I don't think I can watch it again. (laughs) It's Um, so sad. It's... It's it goes exactly in the same category for me as the Doctor episode Midnight, which is a brilliant oh, episode. That's the episode with the um, in the uh, it's, it takes place in one cabin and um, there's this uh, alien that goes from person to person and um, you know starts by mimicking people and then starts uh, and then. You know things change, and it's it's a very much a mental game, or you know, and whereas a lot of the time everyone trusts the Doctor, you know, you've got a lot of people mistrusting the Doctor in that episode, and a lot of it's it's that whole feeling of that claustrophobia, mental games going on, and the idea of you know manipulating people through the use of words it, it, and it makes it very difficult to watch in a very similar way mm. alright let's get started with the recap <laughs> um, this is going to be an interesting one to recap <laughs> and then the same thing happens again <laughs> so we start with Sheridan in his cell recapping flashbacking to what happened last episode and right away you can tell this episode's going to be different because the lighting and the camera movement is completely different to what we see week in, week out. And the music. So, oh, yeah. 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 So interrogator comes in and sets up and starts asking questions about Sheridan's health and tries to tell Sheridan he's not the enemy. He doesn't have any personal stake in the outcome and, this, think, this, is this, is begin- is this is actually the beginning of the uh, mental torture and the mental manipulation because it's uh, he starts off in a very mundane, matter-of-fact way that, and he makes it seem so unimportant and so everyday, and, and that will have an impact initially because it, it's a disconnect from what the um, from what Sheridan's going through. Because he's been captured and is in anguish and, you know, he's in pain and he's just been shoved in the cell and starts to get electrocuted. But this guy's coming in and being very mundane, asking almost innocuous questions that really have no relevance. And it just, it's just little by little, that, that kind of, creepy manipulation little by little of give me a lens just give me a little bit and and the more someone responds to that the easier it is to later on ask for bigger and bigger things and change the situation more and more into the interrogator's favor so that you've got someone pliable and willing to say and do anything this is when sheridan tries to attack him and gets um, yeah, the pain, shocked by the pain givers. Yeah. And that didn't work after that particular time. <laughs> um, <laughs> or maybe they were turned off. Um, 
So she yeah, used like, you know, I, I won't inflict pain unless I have to, just a number in a file. But finally, Sheridan does give in an answer. Yeah, another thing going on here, the continual disassociation of the interrogation from, interrogator from any responsibility. He's not responsible for any of this. It's either Sheridan is responsible for stuff or them, they, the ethereal people in charge, are responsible for things happening. The interrogator, no, I'm not responsible for anything happening here at all. It's it, uh, sorry, I know I'm going on and on about this, but there's some brilliant stuff in here. Um, so yeah, now they can start after the opening credits. And the interrogator comes back, and there's this whole thing about what time of day it really is. Mm. And when he comes back after going to get his glasses, he zaps Sheridan for contradicting him. I know every time he left the room, I figured that was staged, you know, just to give him a pause or to let it set in or something. I don't know. Well, every all of it is staged and managed, all of it. Every single thing that's said or done by anyone other than Sheridan is managed here. It's all designed to break him. And he starts eating a sandwich, and they talk about how it seemed like Sheridan was never interested in politics before. And he claims to have caught Sheridan in a lie about something. And then there's this whole thing about whether it's lunch or not, because you can't eat a corned beef sandwich if it's not lunchtime, apparently. And Sheridan said it must be lunchtime somewhere. I don't know. I just found this whole thing a bit annoying, to be honest. You found like, it, it annoying. Is not, well, he's not lying. I mean, he never says. He never says that, yes, it's lunchtime. He says it must be lunchtime somewhere. And then yeah. he keeps saying, you said it was lunchtime. You didn't say it was lunchtime. <sighs> and like, oh, you know, how can you say that nobody ever influenced you? Well, he was... Talking about his question about the thing. It was just so very, I don't know. It just felt so juvenile psychology to me. And it was just annoying. I mean, it's like. This is the first cycle. This is just prepping him for greater stuff. He's just, you use these methods initially to get someone, to prepare someone to make them think they know they're playing the game. To make someone, I guess, but we have to watch it. That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I think my problem is with this episode is that I have seen so much torture TV, and this was made before a lot of that. But like, I watched Twenty Four. There's a lot of different things in like, like, say, even Buffy or Angel. I mean, you know, there's like a lot of things like this that I felt were more effective and so i guess right. that's why it's yeah. it, it, again it's weird it's mentioned in here and in a way it's right in a way it's completely wrong but it is a matter of perspective <laughs> you're influenced by the, the the things around you but you're also influenced by yourself and your own experiences in life and your understanding of who you are is out how you deal with other matters of perspective and how other people see see things. These absolutely, but it, it, it felt like some kind of freshman year psychology class 
it didn't yeah. blow me away with I, I, anything I, it was revealing. I see what you mean, but it's, it's kind of also kind of context of when a lot of Babylon 5 fans um, saw this initially, it, it was kind of more original and, because, and nuanced in a way, I suppose, and it's, yeah, they at that time they didn't have a lot of psychological television, I guess, or I don't know the consciousness about psychology. Probably wasn't where it is now, or I don't know, but I'm just going to assume that's the case. I didn't have Jack Bauer back then, so <laughs> um, so Sheridan eats the sandwich, and they're kind of verbally sparring a little. But then the interrogator explains that the sandwich had a toxin in it; it won't kill Sheridan, but Probably make him really sick, so he'll be back after they've had a chance to clean up the place. That was pretty wicked. That was what pretty bad, it's yeah. Kind of like, um, what was like that an like? evil trick. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like Heidi, were you saying Princess Bride? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's nasty. Iocane um, powder. <laughs> So the interrogator comes back the next morning. Sheridan's looking pretty rough. So let's see what's Sheridan's face. Was he like clawing at his face or something? Like he had scratch marks that weren't oh. there. Maybe it's just me. Um, I thought I saw those too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't know. The guards might just come in and beat him up occasionally whilst we away. Yeah, there was a continuity error at one point in this episode where, like, his arms were free, but then when the interrogator comes back the next morning, they're bound. So Yeah, yeah. And from shot to shot as well, sometimes they're bound, sometimes they're free. <laughs> it's... Maybe we're not seeing everything. <laughs> yeah, I think we were me- meant to signal the passage of time because, you know, sometimes they would come back and something would be different, like the lights would be on his face or, or something like that. Or that recording of yeah. Um, so his interrogator is saying they have to break him physically before they can break his mind. He's got to show he wants to cooperate. And this is where he's saying, yeah, I've told you only the truth from the beginning. I'm your only ally. And he gives Sheridan some water and starts asking about Ivanova. And Sheridan doesn't want to tell him he's being defiant. And then he brings up Sheridan's father, says he sends his regards I like the way you said one of my associates was handling the case. Hmm. <laughs> like kind of implying that the same thing is happening. I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Was kind yeah. Of, yeah. Well, he seemed really unsure about wanting to drink that water, too, you know, after the sandwich thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't, For sure. Yeah. He's, if I were sure, I would have pretended to start choking. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> 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 or, you know, spit the water in his face. This is like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take the water, but I'm going to spit it in your face now. <laughs> so, um, so he, Tara reads Sheridan's confession, which they want him to sign. And this is where Sheridan demands a military tribunal, but he doesn't have any rights. And there won't be any last minute escapes. I like Sheridan- how he tried. <laughs> oh, bless your heart, Sheridan. I demand a lawyer. Oh, do you think they care about this? I know, yeah. I know. I think we're beyond that. Well, uh, no, you, you see, sometimes those, it, 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 you've seen shows where it's you, you demand a law and all of a sudden magically things stop happening and a law, lawyer appears and you're okay. 
Yeah. Oh, you want a lawyer? Oh, okay. We didn't realize what you wanted if, a lawyer. Take him to the yeah, lawyer. Yeah, what if that room. did happen? What if that was like the only thing Clark still cared about? Okay, he's got to have his <laughs> lawyer. Right. He asked for a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> got to give yeah. him a lawyer. Called. Better call Saul. Um, and when the, yeah, the interrogator kind of huffs off, so when he comes back the next morning, they bring in a Drazi. Did y'all recognize the voice of the Drazi? I recognize the name, but I couldn't remember who he played before. Was it the torture uh, guy? Yeah, he played Sebastian, Sebastian the Inquisitor. And he also, yeah, he also played Lorian earlier this season. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Two of my least favorite people in the entire show. <laughs> Could you did did you suspect anything about this Drazi from the off? No, no, I didn't either when I first. Because um, weirdly, in my head, um, I had this scene where Sheridan glimpsed through the door of you know, a guard paying the Drazi money later in the episode. Um. Wait, what? <laughs> I know it I never happened, but that's what I had in my head that this episode, you know, he, they left the door open deliberately and showed a guard pay, paying the Drazi a couple of coins uh, for mm. the role he played. That's your head, Cannon. <laughs> yeah, but it never happened. It never happened. It's weird. There's some scenes in Kill Bill that I'm pretty sure I saw when I watched it in the theater, but when it came out on a DVD, I was expecting to see them, but they weren't there. Like, Maybe they were in the trailer. Maybe so. Maybe. Uh, no, no, I saw them in the theater. They're like some shots of the five, like hmm. standing over her and watching her or something like that that weren't in the trailer. I vaguely know what you're talking about, um, but I, I, I can't quite remember whether... There's, you know, a different cuts, you know. It's the truth is subjective. (laughs) Oh, dear. I waited for Tarantino to release that, you know, one cut of the movie and hoping those things will be back in there because I'm pretty sure they just... Well, at the time he said, yes, I'll do that, then didn't say anything more about it. (laughs) Well, um, there are a couple scenes in... One of the Harry Potter movies, I can't remember which one, but I swear I like have actually seen these scenes, but they're not deleted scenes. They're not in the movie. And I must have just visualized it so good in my head when I read it that I don't yeah, believe that these true. scenes exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's things like that that'll happen. I kept there was like a part in Return of the Jedi that I kept thinking was there that it wasn't where they're first when the rebels are first attacking the death star and they're all the ships peel off when they realize that the shield's still up. And I, for some reason, I thought that there was a scene where like some of the ships got like destroyed in the shield, but I've never been able to see it ever again. Oh, well, Lucas changes those movies so much. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it just this is why eyewitness testimony is terrible. <laughs> That's right. <'cause laughs> exactly. We, we just proved it. Um, yeah, this Drazi is crying. He says that he's one of the people who helped turn Sheridan against Earth, but Sheridan convinces him not to give them what they want. And 
So the Drazi stops cooperating. Sheridan seems happy that he's um, had a victory, but they're going to take the Drazi to room 17. Just very silly sounding, but I guess it's supposed to be ominous. (laughs) Room 17. There's this whole uh, numerology thing on the Lurker's Guide, which reminded me of Lost. Like, room 17 is probably a reference to room 101 in 1984 this was the 84th episode if you add 84 and 17 you get 101 like i don't think any of that was intentional uh, no, but that's, still that's intentional at all <laughs> wow i was like wow well, it was intentional just so that someone would do that and just it, it wasn't even meant to mean anything just so that okay someone's gonna do the math and create some meaning out of it let's just put it in there uh, this is the beginning of the lost new to see babylon 5 influence lost again <laughs> i don't know i think room 13 sounds scarier mm. yeah, like well, not, not as kind of but that's only because i know it's a bigger thing in america than it is over here so, so do you have 13th floors in your building yeah um, <laughs> So, after the Drazi's taken out, the interrogator starts asking about Ivanova again, just picks up where they left off. <laughs> and Sheridan wants to know what's going to happen to the Drazi. Interrogator takes his glasses off. He's putting his glasses, taking them off and putting them back on. He's like times. Giles in that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an acting method. Keeps your hands busy. Yeah. Yeah, he says the Drazi was expendable from the beginning, but Sheridan's lucky he's not expendable. They want him broken. (laughs) They want him broken in case he's scanned. And then you can hear some screaming coming from outside the room. So can we talk about this for a second? So they want him to be completely broken and therefore, and then basically they want his mind to just grasp onto everything they say as the truth and to fully believe that what they're saying is the truth and that what he believes is the truth. Because in the future, when they're using him as their puppet, in case he gets scanned by sides that aren't working for the government, they will not see that he doesn't believe what he's saying, basically. Right. Well, there's a really big wow. flaw with their plan. Because if a side was to scan him, they'd also see all the torture he's gone through and the fact that they Well, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> well, they might not do a deep scan. They would only see that if they do um, a deep scan, right? If certain people survive, they'll make sure that there's a deep scan. Mm-hmm. You know, Delane, Ivanova, even Marcus would say... Get- well, are they going to let him actually go back to Babylon 5? Well, I don't that- think so. Not Babylon 5, but I could see the others. If everything went to the Clark regime plan and Sheridan did give this speech and did look like he believed it, they would kind of mount some, not exactly rescue, but extraction of Sheridan and kind of then do a deep scan and to see whether... You know, he believed it or not. I'm just trying at least, if they can't actually restore him, just make him more comfortable and protect him rather than whatever else would happen to him. Uh, well, it seems like it would be a good, 
you know, way to get them to try to save him, but, mm. and therefore get them in custody. But I guess they don't care about them. I don't know. This whole thing is just weird. I say just threaten to kill his dad. <laughs> Seems easy. Yeah, completely. I don't see why they need to go through all of this. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. Well, I mean, if it was another um, character, maybe, but Sheridan, we kind of, I mean, if he does break down, it just won't seem right. And especially not with what they're doing. Maybe the if he was that, for some deeper torture. I, I believe some of this torture is starting to work on him. Uh, the, the only bit I think is really working on him is the drowsy trick that he, he Sheridan at this point, is he, still naturally trusting of, you know, the, this guy is a prisoner in front of me and he is genuine in what he's saying and what they're probably doing to him. And but, later on, when that changes, that's going to affect him deeply and make him more vulnerable to manipulation. Really? You think he? it's working to the effect that they want it to, wherein he... Oh, no, I don't think it's... To... Sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... No, I, I think, think I'm on a little bit of a delay. Okay. Um, it's not that it's effective to the level they want it to, but it is personally affecting him that, you know, he is a naturally trusting person and that if he can't even trust another prisoner in this situation, it makes his situation worse and make him feel more desperate which would later on, if they do more sophisticated manipulation um, and torture, then he could at some point break, but nowhere near it yet. Nowhere near it yet. Yeah, so then they play this message on a loop about how Sheridan needs to cooperate. I don't know how many buttons are on that thing and what they all do, because you just push a button... You know, happen. They're all just pre-programmed to do one task, probably. Yeah, I mean, in the past, I thought it was a nice bit of design, but you can really tell uh, with uh, our screens and with um, you know touch screens on yeah. whatever we use nowadays that that was just uh, something stuck on a uh, sheet. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a, a bit of paper, really. Yeah. Okay, um, so then the next day, the interrogator comes back, tells Sheridan that if or he doesn't cooperate... Or it could co-op- just be an hour later. Could be an hour later? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, is it really the Yeah, next every morning? time that he comes in and says good morning, I'm like, or is it? Actually, you'll hear that on the commentary, because every time he says it, I'm like, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> if we put out the commentary, I haven't heard it yet, but from the... You know, because of the next episode, I wonder whether it was a, a great one. I think that we talked quite a bit, which was probably good. I mean, like, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't like there was a ton of stuff happening. And so we did talk. We oh, just, my. Yeah, we were like, okay, well, there's not really anything to talk about. There's no bad hair. There's no bad outfit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh. Um, so Sheridan will no longer receive his IV nutrition if he doesn't cooperate. All he's got to do is sign and apologize. Nobody's keeping you here but you, Sheridan. I don't see how he's st- withholding the IV nutrition. I mean, he's like, oh, good, I'm finally going to die. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, well, this is the other thing. They don't know he's died already, and he's okay with dying. Well, but, I mean, if you yeah, were well, in this that... torture situation and you weren't giving any information up when they're threatening to kill you before, why, when they're finally going to allow you to die by taking away your food, would you suddenly give it up? <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's that as well. I just feel like they're thinking that he wants to live, and he's at this point like, okay, I'm better off if I just die. Yeah, and that way they can't do things like kill his dad to make him yeah. talk. Or it's like he would much rather them kill him than kill someone else, so this mm-hmm. seems pointless. Uh, then he starts to see head Delin, or Delin in his head. <laughs> oh, no, this, no, not quite, because they then tie into the chair and Say, take him to room 17. Uh, that's a little bit later. Yeah, doesn't, no, she, doesn't he see her before that? Yeah. Um, I must have missed that when I was taking down some notes. <laughs> <laughs> he zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> but he refuses to sign, and yeah, she was only up there for like a second, and she went away. Yeah. <laughs> And the interrogator actually does seem really upset by this, like he's a little emotional. So he wishes Sheridan had done that. Did, did he spit on the something? He spit, he spit yeah, on the she, document. Yeah. yeah. Since it's out of his hands now, and Sheridan looks like he's a little pleased. And after the commercial, Sheridan comes in. I mean, the investigator comes and wakes Sheridan's up and explains that we're doing this to you because you got some credibility. You're one of the few heroes who come out of the Minbari War. Just confess and blame it on the aliens. We don't really need you. It'd be better if we had you, but we could just make a video, a fake video of you confessing. And Sheridan says some stuff, but he says that he wins every time he says no. So he says no again. And then the guy pushes a button and stretcher people come in. Yeah, this is... <laughs> this is, must have been the bring a stretcher button. Um, <laughs> So they take him to room 17 while they're walking. There's a minister praying over him and he sees Delin again. So literally they just take him out of the room, uh, go in a circuit back into, you know, (laughs) the same room. There are some hooded figures and they place him in a chair and a new interrogator comes in and starts asking the questions about his health. So we're starting over. Mm. It's a cycle. It's the circle of life. Oh <laughs> the gosh. circle of torture. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the hooded guys takes off his hood, and it's the Drazi we came, we saw earlier. Yeah. Was he really there? Yeah. Was he really yes. there? He, yes, yeah, he, he was, was there. really there. Yeah. Okay. Because I when could they not tell. out at the end, he wasn't in the frame. Yeah, and I could not tell if he was like just another hallucination, like Delenn. I was, yeah, I was confused. <laughs> No, Delin was really there. Well, <laughs> oh my for God. a minute I thought she She's... might have been, but... What if she was working with Earth the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a Unless Earth has cloned Delin. Oh. Yeah, so Sheridan doesn't answer the question. He's just sitting there quietly. Hi, doggone it, you got me again. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Anybody else think that they were going to like have like a some kind of escape or thing go happen or yeah i was like oh my god it's a test <laughs> a really weak <laughs> test that he passed <laughs> but 
I don't know. So are you saying for sure the Drazi was there? Okay. I wonder yeah, if he yeah, was a he was, I guess, a previous torture victim. And um Zedeki was just yeah, he was working with Earth for some really reason. Really xenophobic Earth has Drazis that they're working with? Uh, well uh, maybe he was a torch yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. But JMS did say yeah. Like he, was he gave in to do this. Maybe. Maybe, or it's just, you know, it's a really good uh, method, I think. So, you know, if we have this one alien that works with us, then we can manipulate these people into doing what we want. It's... Yeah, they were working with Shadow, so who knows. Does, does anybody know or, or have any thoughts about, like, what happened to the original interrogator? After this, did you think that he failed? Was he failed. I don't know. He was, oh. yeah, he was either. Wow, they have a low bar for yeah, failure. He was either, you know, disposed of somehow, or he's just on to his next client and he they is just, just rotate there. around. Yeah, that's not yeah. my guess. Yeah, and kind of if they can survive this first level. We ratchet up the interrogation to another level. So it feels like you go around in cycles, but the com- complexity and level and type of interrogation you go through increases if you can survive the previous layer. He seemed like almost like frantic to try and get Sheridan to confess, like he was afraid of. Yeah, afraid for his own life, but then again, that could have been just another manipulation. I think it's mm-hmm. partly another manipulation and partly that he probably gets a bonus if he can do it on the first round. You know? Right. Uh, who knows? I'm really surprised that they didn't use his dad more against him. Mm. Yeah, it almost makes you think like they don't have his dad because why yeah. didn't they? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get the actor. Yeah, I don't know, because I think that would have been, you know, a lot more effective, like you guys mentioned before, where if his dad was put in a bad, sticky situation that, you know, obviously Sheridan would give him whatever they want to make sure nothing happened to his dad. Yeah, I think so, too. But they'd have to use it in such a way, because I guess their stupid goal is to have him actually believe everything he says. Mm. And so they'd have to do it in such a way that he wouldn't just do it to save his dad, but that he would actually believe. Blah. <laughs> now, this kind of reminds me of, you know, a bad Groundhog Day. <laughs> you know, oh, the movie wow. Groundhog Day where everything, he has to keep redoing everything all the time until everything mm-hmm. comes out just the right way. <laughs> yeah, and the, the second time I watched this, well, half watched it, um, I, I played attention at the beginning to see if there was any signs that this wasn't his first time going through it but it seems like it was because he would have known about the shock collar and everything and yeah oh that's a good point yeah 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 unless they um kind of pumping full of drugs to cause amnesia or something Mm, but then they would have done it the the second time i don't see how that would help them because i think the further torture is knowing that they could just do this over and over and over again yeah and if they could just give them amnesia they what they should just give him amnesia. What the heck? Yeah. It's like a lot easier. Why can't they imprint things on people? Oh my god. Why are uh, they, they doing that? I think there's a very 
deliberate reason as well why they're not using size because uh, they partly they want they're starting to distrust size um, in um, Clark's administration because of um, you know the the whole Eggers Industries thing um, and partly because. You know, they want to, as I said before, have genuine confessions. Yeah, but what about what they do to those uh, prisoners that they give them entirely new lives that they believe? Is that a spy doing it, right? That's like. That's a legal thing, yeah, you know, right? uh, Yeah, yeah. Death death of personality and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a question like, why don't you reprogram them? I think the answer was like, yeah, we because you know a psi could scan them and see that something had happened or something. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I buy that as much as a psi not being able to see that he was tortured. <laughs> oh yeah, why don't you just have Bester reprogram Sheridan because another team could see that he'd been altered. They want him sincerely broken, not just rewired. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think they just wanted to write this episode. That's all. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a statement. You really know the, you really understand you understand the concepts of breaking down a human psyche. And his answer was, "Yeah, I work for Warner Brothers." Wow. Director. <laughs> um, there was some mention in the episode where the interrogator mentions that Sheridan's been interrogated before. I wonder if that was. Do you think he was referring back to season two? Well, he asked, have you been interrogated before? And so Sheridan is deliberately referring to um, Sebastian, yeah. That's what I thought, Uh, too. Do we have any quotes? (laughs) This episode, I I couldn't know. Me either. Mm, I just have, you just have to say no. Oh, I won't one more time. Then they can say, yes, you will. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I like mm-hmm. the, do you think that you can win? And every time I say no. Yeah, that's a good quote. It's, mm-hmm. as I said, it's this episode that it, each one of those ones where I'm not looking for quotes. I'm not looking for, you know, the silly stuff because I know how is to watch. Well, there wasn't any silly stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like the lunchtime one still. <laughs> yeah. okay. Besides, it's supper. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's brunch. <laughs> Where's my mimosa? <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. Um, who is our human of the week? I'm sorry, I have to say Sheridan. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it has to be Sheridan. Yeah. And Alien of the Week, is it the Drazi or is it Head to Lynn? No. Drazi. <laughs> no, it is the Drazi. Or just no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, we'll give it to the Drazi. All right, let's rate this episode. Doug, Holly, do you want to? <laughs> hmm, boy. Well, you can come back to me. Yeah, um, is it like a scale from 1 to 10 or what? Yeah, 1 to 10. Oh, I don't know. I'd say it's kind of like we we were so desperate to have something that we threw something together and here you go and it's dark and you don't like it. And I fell asleep the second time I watched it. Oh. So obviously <laughs> it wasn't really, you know, 
it was torture the first time. So trying to watch it again was even more torture the next time. So I'd say maybe four with a strong torture aspect. <laughs> All right. Um, Heidi. Um, this I'm I'm like really torn because I really do see what they were trying to do, but I think I'm like I said earlier jaded because of shows since then that have done this kind of thing uh, better, I guess. Um, and so I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Is it lunchtime? <laughs> Beth? Oh. <laughs> um, I tried to think of my writing while you guys talk. Like, I don't know. I'm conflicted. <laughs> um, okay. Well, this is hard, like Heidi said. Because I think the first time, you know, you're kind of, you're paying attention. Because it keeps you interested about what, what they're doing, I guess. And even though it was annoying <laughs> at times, you know, some of the stuff that was going on and you were just kind of like, why are they doing this? And it just seems easier to do other things. And I don't know. Um, the second time was hard, hard. I could not pay attention. Um, I don't know. It was, it's still like thinking back. I'm even more annoyed, I think, than I was when I watched it just because it just seems like they're doing it just because they wanted to write something like this um, and not maybe as, as a logical outflow of, of reality. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it just seems like they're really shooting for the sky in terms of what they want to use him for. And I guess it, they don't really need to succeed, um, but it, and it would be good if they did. So I don't know. It's just hard for me, but I'm going to say – Six and a half masturbatory writing classes. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Oh, I'm, I'm going to disappoint people here because I have to rate it higher because it affected me when I watched it the first time uh, quite quite well, and I for some time was always affected by a watch through and and find it difficult to watch again because I wasn't, you know, empathizing with Sheridan and, you know, the torture he was going through in this it it makes me rate it higher, although it's got a lot of problems with it and, you know, when you take a step back, can see the fault scene, um the limited weights uh, the torture is done fault scene a couple of other things as well and until I you know took that step back it would have been a 10 but because I've taken that step back and had, we've had this discussion and I can actually objectively view this episode in a way I've got I, I, I'm just going to knock one point of it for that I'm sorry but I've got to give it Nine out of ten room seventeens. Okay. Yeah, I think I liked this episode a lot better seventeen years ago when I first saw it, and then maybe six or seven years ago when I last saw it. But yeah, just watching it this week, I was like, 
man, I'm supposed to like this episode, but it's <laughs> I'm not enjoying it that much. It's kind of hard to sit through. But yeah, it's still a good episode. I like that they took a chance and it was something uh, different and you know, last little kind of contained episode. So I'll give it mm, seven and a half out of ten visions of Delin dancing in your head. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and now Elizabeth's gonna have nightmares. Oh. <laughs> I think I, I think I'll stick it with a seven out of ten poison sandwiches. That's nice. better than the lens in the head. I think <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a very dark episode, but I, that's kind of part of the reason that I really like it is just because you see really. Will, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Now I, I just realized Will's rating has given uh, me the image of Delenn as um, Genie from I Dream with Genie now. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, I, it's not just this episode, because I don't really like, most uh, episodes where that focus on some kind of somebody explaining their psychological manipulations or their psychological worldview, I don't like. So <laughs> it's not just this one. Because it, it, then, it, therefore, it, I don't know, I, I just, I guess I just don't like just, psychology is such a fluid area. Um that I just, I guess, always have a problem when somebody comes down on one side. I think that's probably part of it. Okay. Uh, so that gives us a total of 6.9. So let us go to room 17 and see if we can find out <laughs> where feedback is. Uh. <laughs> so I think I may have missed some comments on the website a while back. I don't know, some December from Akraba who emailed us one time. So I'll read these quickly. One was for uh, the commentary that Ian did for the season four finale. Oh, it's no, it isn't spoilery, the feedback then. No, it's, it just says, Sigh, dang pal versus NTSC. It makes it difficult to watch Ian's commentaries because for every 24 frames I see, Ian is seeing 25. So by the end of the episode, he's several minutes ahead of my position. Yeah, I get. Dang. Yeah, I get the um, same problem in reverse. Um, and the problem is, you can't always solve it just by pausing the commentary because sometimes, well, or, or pausing the episode, you you have to flip between the two weirdly, and you're never really in sync. Yeah. I also had a comment for Comes the Inquisitor. Speaking of the Inquisitor, <laughs> it says, honestly, I feel like the ambassador kind of ambassadors kind of missed the point in this episode. They go on and on about how sacrifice for one's loved ones isn't really something hard to find. But that wasn't the point. The point was Delin's response. This is my cause. Life. One life for a billion. It's all the same. That is what passed the test. That in the business that if she fails, another will take her place. The willingness to sacrifice herself for a single life, no fame, no glory, assured that someone will pick up where she left off. The fact that in this case it was Sheridan was incidental. Even after the comment about it possibly being more for Sheridan's benefit, the ambassadors are kind of dismissive, like, well, who does he think he is? Well, look at what has happened to Delenn throughout the season. Stripped of power, ostracized by her own people, attacked by humans and just in general beaten down for the entire year. 
The idea that she needs a confidence boost does not feel out of place. And as you've seen, since you're in season four, as I write this, her strength and confidence increases by an order of magnitude in season three after she is taken down the Inquisitor. I am not afraid, she says at the end. I'm not sure if we remember that episode. I don't, but <laughs> I just, I really don't like people saying you missed the point on something that's very esoteric because when it comes to psychology and episodes like that one, there is no point. It's how you, yeah, it's how it. you interpret it. Exactly. And if it, if we didn't get the point, then they needed to be clear with the point. So I yeah, think- there was a certain point that we were supposed to get. All right. Next, we have email from Lori and Carl, which I will paste oh, in the Skype chat. I always look forward to Lori and Carl's feedback. Um, just gonna paste it here. Who wants to take that one? I can do that. I have to find the top. There we go. Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitors. I'll add the. Z. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say first off that this is one of my tens of the series. Not to say that it does not have any faults. However, it is one of the episodes that I recall most clearly and I think will provoke a lot of good discussion. It reminds me of an episode from TNG. I know that Will will know what episode I'm referring to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian too, I'm sure. Another one of my favorite TV episodes. The mind game regarding night and day is very parallel to the four lights. I am sure that is a typical technique to break someone. JMS says in the Lurker's Guide that he based the techniques on reading about historical prison camps. Carl felt like he wanted to give it his equivalent of a 10. However, he what had, is that? <laughs> I know. However, he had a couple of problems with the episode that prevented that. At the beginning, Carl felt there were too many flashbacks. However, that was important for TV audiences at the time. Overall, we both felt it was really well done. I think Carl was surprised when the end cycled back to the beginning. I know I was very surprised on first watch when that happened. Were you all? Yes, and highly confused. Um, Carl thought that probably was the first time it had cycled back, but that now it was going to keep happening again and again. There was one production error that bugged Carl a lot. Sometimes the armbands would be off, but then on again, and vice versa. The Lurker's Guide mentioned one instance of this, but said that someone could have replaced them in the interval. Did you all notice? No. Yes. I didn't. No. So was the Drazi green or purple? <laughs> we wanted to <laughs> that too, right, Beth? Uh, yeah. No, those are just political parties that are chosen once every five years, so he, he's probably been both in the past. <laughs> Why was he there working for the humans? It seems an unlikely alliance. The reference to Room 17 were very reminiscent of 1984, but still very well done. Carl is assuming that Sheridan will not die, even just based on the scene with Londo from the future. He thinks that the Earth government does not realize how much all of the other alien races respect Sheridan and may have underestimated the importance of that. Carl says that he is very hooked on the show now. He even snuck in watching the next episode ahead of time. (laughs) Carl... Looking forward to your thoughts and predictions from this one. Quote, Sheridan, must be lunchtime somewhere. Lori's ratings, 10 out of 10, allergies and medications. Human, Sheridan, alien, drowsy. Carl's (laughs) ratings, three, do you have any allergies or illnesses that I should know about? Are you currently taking any medications? Had any trouble with your heart? You'll answer my questions when they are asked. Resistance will be punished. 
cooperation will be rewarded. Uh, 29. <laughs> yes, on this. There is a pattern here from week to week if you pay careful attention. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> homework for us on feedback. That's a new one. Boy, I guess. Uh, was it 28 last week and 27 the week before? I should go back and look. So we're counting <laughs> up. Um, set. Gray walls. Yeah, that's about the only set there was. Um, species. Drowsy. <laughs> OMG, it is an alien. It has been so long. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic moment. The whole thing. Comedic moment. Mustard. <laughs> Bruce Gray, interrogator. Um, was he the first one or the second one? Hmm. I think it was the second one. one. Oh, the second one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and camera work, night and day. <laughs> Thanks, Lori and Carl. Thank you, guys. guys. Yeah, that's um, something I should have added to my um, rating summit thing. It's getting an awful lot of points on my end because of the uh, camera work and lighting. Because those were brilliant. Yeah, anyway. it did, yeah, it was it was pretty effective, and the music was pretty good. It was very limited, uh, mm-hmm. whereas most of the time, it's in most of the scenes. So yeah, at the beginning, that. it set the the tone. Um, it for did. An interesting beginning. If you uh, IMDb this episode, the um interrogator in this episode the main one uh was from the naked gun movies oh uh, william is that his name no ray ray burke i think is his name uh, i think the character's name is william oh, oh. burke yeah the other guy was an episode of castle i think like a dance and something something <laughs> um next email is from the netherlands yarsto <laughs> We'll paste that one. I'll take Yasto saying if I can find him. Oh, that's Carl's. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Greetings down below, casters. Here's my feedback for intersections in real time. To me, this is an episode I don't really like watching, not because it's a bad episode, but because it's so good at what it does. Even the fact that it's essentially a sort stage play for actors with a few extras. More than a TV episode, it helps to add to the impact. We start the episode with a few flashbacks that Sarah Sheridan should have learnt that Babylon 5 mantra, especially that part about ignoring Ivanova's recommendations. After that, we essentially go into the stage play, featuring only Sheridan, the interrogators, and the Drazi, some guards and visions of Delenn as extras. I have to say I love the casting and the writing. For the first interrogator, rather than a stereotypical brute or torturer, we get this fastidious little bureaucrat with the round glasses, which of course makes him all the more effective. Beyond that, I don't know that I can say too much about this episode. Knowing that JMS's a founder of The Prisoner creates some obvious resonance with the concept of a prolonged interrogation with a man who won't break, while the simple Room 17 order seems to echo 1984's Room 101. Quotes, interrogator, 
Now you're being evasive, Sheridan, better than being dishonest. Interrogator, you're being interrogated, you've been interrogated before? Sheridan, yes. Anyone I know? Sheridan, you'd be surprised. Favourite characters, human, first interrogator for a marvellous job of portraying the evil, the everyday face of evil. Alien, Jarzy, for lack of competition. Episode rating, 16 out of 17, interrogation sound. Yasto for the Netherlands. Thanks, Yasto. Thanks, Yasto. Thanks, Yasto. Yeah, I'm glad people are, I mean, obviously 1984 is a huge, you know, influence on this um with the double think and the you know the truth is fluid and of course the room i mean the whole ending of 1984 really mm-hmm. i feel like jakar's torture was just so much worse <laughs> that was more brutal it was brutal well partly it's also because andres katsoulis is a superb actor not saying that you know uh bruce Pockleitner isn't a good actor but he, uh, Katsoulis, he's just that level above, you know, and he's under all that makeup, and you still buy what's happening to him. You're still affected by what's happening to Jakar. Mm-hmm. Uh, our final email is from Yan, the Babylon lurker. Oh, is it in here? Okay, sorry. Um... Oh, he sent email for two episodes. Okay. Um, Hello, down bellowers. Here is some feedback for the season four episode 17 and 18, the face of the enemy and intersections in real time. I did not get to send in feedback last week. So here's a few comments on face of the enemy. Garibaldi betrays Sheridan and gets the truth. Edgars intends to commit genocide of the telepaths, but is betrayed by Garibaldi. Does Edgar's solution remind you of something in our history? To me, it does. And Lise overhears the conversation and is shocked. That was what Bester had implanted. No more Edgars, Garibaldi chased by his old friends, and being told the truth by Bester. So much plot movement in a single episode. Poor Garibaldi, a pawn in the game. Quote, Edgars, the telepath, prob- the telepath problem will finally be over. I rate the episode 7.5 out of 10. Now for intersections in real time. Now, this is one of those episodes that people have widely different opinions of. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the episode because it is an uncomfortable reminder of what power in the hands of the wrong people can do. Sheridan shows considerable resilience, as we might expect. He even, in a sense, breaks the first interrogator. The episode is like a piece of theater, just two people in a room and some dialogue. I like this style. I know others do not. The theme going through all of this is the nature of reality and what you do with what you have. Fun pieces of trivia. Soon after the interrogator asks if Sheridan has been interrogated before and by whom, Sheridan just says, you'd be surprised. The Drazi introduces played by none other than Wayne Alexander, who played none other than the Inquisitor. Bruce Boxleitner stayed in the interrogation room chair even when all the others went for lunch, etc., just to increase the sense of despair of the character. <laughs> Hats off yeah. for BB. Aw, BB. Oh, yeah, that was actually a really good move on Box Lightner there. What if they just took an extra long lunch? You know? Oh, <laughs> what if they just like, like oh, there? Yeah. 
I'm reminded of a Smallville commentary oh. where the the guy was I can't remember something happened to him in the cave or something and he was he had these contact lenses in that made his eyes look just white and opaque and he was laying in a hospital bed and I think they said they like all went to lunch and just left him laying there because he couldn't see anything with those contact lenses in. Oh, I so it's also reminding me of a uh, Babel of Five anecdote um, with one of the main cast um, getting stuck in the uh, 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 what's it X Wing cult not X Wing whatever art you know Starfighter cock, cockpit yeah yeah uh, sorry continuing now for the favorites human Sheridan alien Drazi quote. Interrogator, but can you win? Sheridan, every time I say no. Reading 8 out of 10, broken or maybe not so broken, Drawsies. That's all for now. Take care, for while the Shadow War is over, her minions are still out there, and there is no surrender and no retreat. Thanks, oh, what if yeah. they actually had little minions like the, you know. <laughs> Aww, that would be adorable. Adorable. Thanks, Ian. Thank yeah, thanks. Thanks for the feedback. I don't have to read Cora's email to the subject. Be confident. Misspell confident. <laughs> Ask for the salary you deserve with a degree. So you don't have to read that email. Who's <laughs> got the email? No, he's oh, no. talking about spam. Oh, I said if we don't oh, get feedback, spam. I would be spam. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes. How about some predictions? Which is going to be weird because I can only think they must be the same as last week. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. They are. This episode didn't go anywhere. Um, the <laughs> next episode is between the darkness and the light. Uh. <laughs> um. What if the episode is just round two of this interrogation? I know. See, the light comes in, the dark, the, yeah, is it nighttime or daytime? Yeah. Um, is a Mimbari episode? Oh, interesting. You, you mentioned shadows that. Shadows and shadows. Uh, I mean, I know the shadows are Yeah, gone, because but. if you remember the uh, Drake Council, not exactly quote, but the saying the lens says around the yeah. Drake Council, they stay between the darkness and Ex- the light. That's exactly why I said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but you never know with this show, really. Um, it could be a Garibaldi episode. It could be a... <laughs> it won't be a Clarence episode. It could be um We would love it if it was a Clarence episode. Oh, that would be amazing. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's too on the nose, but I'm going to go with uh, their... The, the, they got to try to get Sharon back, right? Well, I you would know. think so. I mean, the lens, like, appearing to him in his brain, so... Uh, not that that has anything to do with what she's actually doing, Ooh, but... What if she can actually see him? Maybe. Because you know how she knew when he was taken or whatever? What was it? Mm-hmm. What did she know? Well, she knew something where she was kind of like, oh, ooh, what if Was she it when start... he was on Zaha Doom? No, but it happened recently where oh. she, like. It was the last episode. She woke up in bed and. Yeah, she knew that basically he was in trouble. 
Okay. Yeah. Psychic connection. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I am going with uh, something Mimbari too. Beth, I. I don't know. Um, as far as predictions based on this uh storyline, I'm. They've got to bring his dad in at some point. Right? I feel like they have to. Like, what's the... These torturers are just idiots if they can't figure out that that's how you get to him. Well, and like you said, they may not actually have his dad. They may just be using it as a fear factor or we have this control, but in reality, oh, we don't really have them after all. True. Yeah, but then it seems like they would use him if they did have him but at the same time like how did this whole thing get started how did they even unless they had him you know because garibaldi and them were in touch with the people that had the dad right and then they set up the meeting and then sheridan was ambushed so i don't know it's kind of confusing but can't they just pretend sheridan is they can send a pretend sheridan back to babylon 5 right you know with that tech (laughs) on him and then he can get all the info and relay it back yeah, baby. We should do that. Lynn would know it's not him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when they get it on, she's like, this is still the same. <laughs> yeah, but I do think that Lynn has some kind of psychic connection that she can. Maybe she's. Maybe that when he sees her, she's seeing him. Hmm. All I'm going to say is that. There's one line that I've been waiting to hear since we first started this podcast, and it's in the next episode. Oh, <laughs> oh we yes. Know it? That, I, I just feel I don't know, in the east. <laughs> yeah. I hope you'll recognize it when you hear it. But maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just me. And I know that none of us are going to be able to do it justice, so you're going to have to clip it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Is it a good line or a cheesy line? It's a good line. <laughs> Some people have considered it cheesy, but it is a good line. Okay. All right. But otherwise, the same. The same as last week. Yeah, pretty much. It's not like much <laughs> came out of this that we could predict. So, Will, you said that it was like three months after this episode that they there was like a three-month hiatus? It's four months. It was from June to October. So I was well in college by then, so I'll tell you some college stories, maybe. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> was was the quote, the truth is sometimes what we believe it to be, and sometimes it's what we decide it to be. Um, that was this week's quote, wasn't it? That's from this episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, but he means there's a quote next episode that oh. he's been waiting for. That he's been, and yeah. we're like, maybe we'll be able to know when we hear it. Didn't uh, I think I read somewhere? Maybe it was the Lurkers Guide that uh, this was originally slated to be like the season four cliffhanger, like a season four cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If he hadn't had to rush the season, this would have been the point in the plot where he would have ended season four. Would he have they... ended it on the torture or ended it on the capture? I don't know. Maybe. Fine. Maybe there'll be some notes about it. But are they Although still it doing like the thing where a hiatus? <laughs> where they end the season and then start the season, the next season right away? Because weren't they doing that? Um. Oh. Yeah. There wasn't that long of a break in between. Yeah. This so this is actually well, more 
like that because it's three months before the next episode. So you can assume we're getting to the end of season four, which once we end season four, things change in terms of airing. airing So, yeah, that's going to get interesting. Oh, man. So we're close. Yeah. Four episodes. Oh, Doug and Holly, thank you for joining us this week. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much. Look forward to signing up for season five at some point. That'll be, oh my God, it's so um, close. Yeah, I think it'll be in a couple, well, end of the month, maybe. I'll look out for it. Yeah. Mm. So that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Between the Darkness and the Light. But until then... Goodbye. Be seeing you. Bye. 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 Thanks. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 